Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. You hear me read a few lines of a little red book of golf by Harvey Fennick to start my conversation with Natalia Barshis. It's uh, came to me just before we started the call that each one of these over 100 conversations that I've had with practitioners is how they teach me about the nature of practice. It's a nice role reversal. Until I started our conversation, I hadn't spoken with Natalia for 11 years, back when she was my student and very memorable student. But there we were reconnecting just a few moments before this recording began and it all came together. This is someone who is gonna continue to manage her practice or multiple practices in such a way that she will be ready when the time comes for the next thing that comes, which something that I've said and Peter said is what really good practitioners do, always anticipating and preparing. But in this case, she's also working in one of the most complex arenas and companies, healthcare, insurance, that you can imagine. And yet she's calm, cooled, and collected. And I'm very impressed and very proud of our Central Connecticut State graduate for what she has accomplished and will continue to accomplish. So she is my teacher in this conversation. And she therefore becomes your teacher listener because through our conversation, you're gonna get another picture of what practice is when it is performed by a smart, conscientious and kind human being. And that is our Natalia. Well, this is a, another one of those really happy moments for me and hopefully for Natalia, because after 10 years, <laughs> we're back together on screen. Uh, from the time she left, maybe more than one of my classrooms uh, to now, she's gone through change and both personally and professionally, as have I. And when we get to back together on a, for the purpose of the podcast, it, it's a really nice uh, feeling, nice reunion. Uh, so welcome, Natalia. Thank you. Um, definitely a reunion, like you say, 10 years later. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been going by Dave ever since I graduated, but you can call me Doc because I love that feeling that the students are comfortable enough to call me Doc. <laughs> I think we'll always call you Doc. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let me start something out here in the time before we talk about your career, because this is a bit always about me as a teacher, these various podcast recordings, particularly when I am talking to a former student. Uh, but this is a book uh, that Peter Vale actually gave me for Christmas in 2019 while we're working on, on the podcast and the book. It's Harvey Pennick's Little Red Book. It's Lessons and Teachings from a Lifetime in Golf. Well, in a way, I feel like I've had a lifetime in teaching uh, because I started teaching kids to swim when I was 10 or 11 or 12 and never stopped loving the, the feeling of seeing someone go from uh, a position of fear and, and uncertainty about moving ahead to 
confidence and some clarity is that they could get, they could get back into the water and go into the deep end. In a way, when you guys graduated from Central, I was sending you all to the deep end of life. <laughs> and I don't know if you, I gave you guys water wings, but this is uh, one of the little things that Harvey wrote. The heading is called learning. He says, I learn teaching from teachers. I learn golf from golfers. I learn winning from coaches. Now, there's a lot more, but I'm not going to take all your time for that. But I learn how people practice from practitioners. That's what you are, in that you not only are doing it to make a living, but in our preliminary discussions, I realized that you have been working in a corporate uh, world for quite a few years, actually a couple of them. And during that time, whether you are constantly aware of it or not, you're inside the beast. You're hearing, sensing, seeing constant change in the corporate world, particularly in your case in insurance and then in health insurance. So it's terribly complex, terribly turbulent. And sometimes you must feel uh, like uh, a little stick on a raging stream, just floating around, bumping off rocks. And other times you may feel very grounded. But tell me a little bit about, uh, help me, you know, teach me your practice. Teach me what uh, you like doing best these days, Natalia. And by the way, folks, it's attrition. Attrition, yes. Attrition. Got it. <laughs> Natalia, attrition. If you could read her spelling, folks, it's, it's in uh, Polish? It is, yeah. Yeah, so what was it like? so far for you to be part of this very big organization? Yeah, um, so I think there's two questions there, right? And it's funny to think about it as a practice because I guess every day during my day-to-day, -day, I don't think of it that way, right? But I guess essentially it is because um, that'll evolve and change over time. Um, yeah, um, so uh, I guess from thinking back when I was in your classes until now, um, I think I was a little more naive going into the corporate world and then it's completely different once you're in it and you realize the challenges you can come across um, and the the bureaucracy and um, there, there can be inefficiencies at times and there's so many different teams that need to be involved and you have to work with on a daily basis um, and um, they might all have different opinions and thoughts and feelings towards something so then we have to sit and discuss and reach an agreement so you'll come across that a lot. So it's almost like this gridlock at times. Um, and then as for um, what I do right now on a day-to-day -day basis that I enjoy, I am a client service consultant. Um, so I'm on an account management team. We cover the New England territory. Um, and my um, clients are benefits administrators, HRA generalists. Um, and I also um, correspond with their brokers as well. Um, so they're all involved. Um, and I help them on a day-to-day -day basis um, with any kind of inquiries they have. I usually field all of those and connect them with the right um, internal team contacts. Um, so if they come to me with a billing question, I have to direct them to billing. So that's my day-to-day -day is a lot of triaging. Um, but then I also work on complex issues that they have, and I have to see those through to resolution. And those are usually the more unique um, issues that come to me. Um, so, and they, they sporadically throughout the year. Um, so that's where my, my role's main focus is. And, and 
I, I do enjoy that getting to the root cause of things and doing analysis on all of that um, and pulling teams together to, to reach resolution. Um, and it can be very complex. And I think about that too, um, that I, I think I enjoy the complexity uh, because if I, I, I was actually thinking if I were to go somewhere else outside of healthcare, it might be a little less complex. <laughs> so I can like, assure you, I, I, there's very few places that I can think of that are anywhere close as complex as what you're in, in that, um, well, just quickly, we went, we're going through a pandemic that had to make a few little okay. dents in the order of things uh, during those months uh, and, and on and on. But I, I want to pick up what I'm learning here. You're, you're teaching me. Uh, I love complexity. I don't know how I'd feel if I went someplace less, a lot less complex. Mm -hmm. Let's imagine that for a minute. <laughs> wouldn't you go home a little more rested? Uh, wouldn't you have time to uh, like work on uh, a crossword puzzle? I'm, I'm making a little fun of that, but I, I wonder why, how, how you think that might feel. I know. Um... I think about that too, because I'm sure there is complexity wherever you go. I think it's just the nature of our, our industry itself, right? Um, sometimes I'm sitting on these calls and I'm like, oh God, am I going to even remember this after the call or what, 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 what was that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, and I'll have to do a lot of additional research. Um, but I think that's where you learn and you grow the most. Um, so that's always helpful to me. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to take the challenge. <laughs> well, you're, you're working between this vast, and it is a bureaucracy as well as a bureaucracy within a highly regulated sector and on and on. There are a lot of reasons that people make an easy no uh, when you're trying to break, break through and make change. On the other hand, you're the go-between for some uh, corporate customers who uh, could go anywhere and shop anywhere for their, for, uh, for what, you, what you offer. And so you, A, you don't want to lose them Mm -hmm. uh, but B, uh, sometimes they're not always that gentle with their <laughs> concerns and demands. So sometimes you feel a little bit like uh, you're in between two boxers <laughs> trying to referee and pull them apart. Yeah, definitely. I, I always have to put the client and the and broker's feelings first before ours and try to make it work because they can't change the situation. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so so I need to kind of fight for them. Um, and that's where all that relationship building comes in. And I want them to feel like they can trust me that I'm on their side. So I always try to see, see things from their viewpoint, even though it's not always easy because from our side internally, um, it could be the complete opposite <laughs> of what they're thinking. But you see yourself primarily as someone who brings the broker's concern into the, into the system and tries to navigate and negotiate on behalf of the broker. So you have to have some judgment there. But it's my understanding in the, in the insurance world, when you go through brokers, agents, and others, that you need them. I mean, you don't sell direct to the healthcare consumer. Uh, so you need them and they need you, but they don't need only you. That's maybe the big difference. They can take their their packages uh, from their clients other places. So you play a very important role for your company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's huge too, because I, I think um, you should not underestimate the 
how much weight service has in their decision making to move to another carrier. And it happens all the time. They'll move back and forth between carriers. So it, it's very competitive. Um, so we just need to make sure that we're providing the best service and that they are completely satisfied with everything um, so that they can continue to renew with us because it's very easy to move around. And, um, you know, the brokers also need to vouch for us. <laughs> yes, exactly. And in the, in the positive side of what they can do, because I remember, you know, you probably remember I brought a guest to class every week. It would be someone from one business or another. One of the guests who I'm pretty sure was coming to class when you were my student, uh, you and Rob Hawkinson, who, by the way, is on our podcast episodes, was Ted Pizzo, who is on the, on the podcast. And he, he we did an episode. And Ted was uh, working for Lockton, and he brokered among other major insurance packages, healthcare insurance. And he was telling the class about um, how he first had to help his potential client see that he could save, save the money and give them a better result, but B, that he had to bring to the company, like he would bring to you, an attractive package to sell. Uh, and then that had to be negotiated. Now he's still doing that work and he's extremely successful after, I don't know, he's been doing it 20 years. So it does work out. But a person like you would be a blessing for Ted Pizzo uh, because he would have someone directly or indirectly, you and your team, who could look at things and respond to things and help him with the next renewal, which is very big, I think, to to that particular uh, kind of business. So am I on track here? You're teaching me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I also work with a team of client managers as well who handle those renewals. So there's, there's a lot of hands involved when it comes to renewal decisions. <laughs> and, and we have so many internal teams as well that are involved throughout the year. We have billing, eligibility, consumerism analysts, which are your HRA, FSA specialists. I mean, the list goes on. Pharmacy, service, claims, yeah. <laughs> It's like visiting you in another country for me, right, this moment. Mm -hmm. And I would be coming up to you and I'd say, oh, help me get around here and show me where I should set my feet and show me where it's a, a little quicksand and, and show me the highs and lows and all of that. And what I'm getting at is you know a hell of a lot because of what you've been doing in that role. You know a hell of a lot about the workings of this vast corporation. Definitely. Sometimes I feel like the jack of all trades. I know a little bit of everything. <laughs> do you like that? Um, I do. Um, I think it has its pros and cons because sometimes um, I'm not the specialist. Um, so then I have to ask more questions and a lot of questions all the time to, to understand mm -hmm. where the specialists are coming from. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and then I think, oh, well, you know, would I be better off in a role where I am kind of like the SME? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I don't know because I haven't been that SME. Um, but at least, you know, I'm the connector and, and I have a little bit of knowledge about everything, which does help me understand the organization better. I can tell you from a practice uh, health standpoint, the health of your practice, you can take that aspect of who you are, what you've developed in yourself so far and take it a lot of places that desperately need connectors, even though it would take you some time to learn your way in to the next uh, corporate uh, landscape. Uh, you kind of have the cues already, and I think you could be a rather quick learner. I'm not trying to talk you out of your current company at all. I'm just saying that in itself is something you have built 
over the last 10 or 12 years mm -hmm. uh, that is very, very uh, impressive and, and has a uh, high selling value at the point you might decide to be a generalist who can connect and learn fast from a lot of different people and not have them run from you when you walk down the aisle toward their door. If we, you know, we haven't done that in a while, but so that's A, but B, what would you specialize in if you could? Because that might be a nice new frontier, a chance to really go deep into some aspect either of that work or just a, into some other strong ability that you have. Um, yeah, so, so that's actually um, a good question. Um, so I'm actually in a master's program for data science, um, which specializes in my specialization is analytics management. Um, so it's kind of funny going back and forth. So it's like, I'm a client service consultant by day, and then I'm uh, creating machine learning models at night. <laughs> <laughs> the new one, the new Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, now, data, now, now, you did mention data earlier in our conversation. Is this something about data now that's really put you into that kind of investment? What, what's intriguing about data? Yeah, it's just a really, it, it, it's fascinating because um, it, it's kind of expanded into all sorts of functions within the organization. A lot more are starting to use analytics now. So everything's become more quantitative, more, more math-based in general, I think. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just I just felt like it was, it was interesting. Um, I wanted to be on the forefront of it. I wanted to know what we're doing with the data. I wanted to know if our predictions that we're making are accurate and how accurate they are. So I was just so curious about all of that. Um, and I kind of wanted to just to immerse myself in it um, and understand that whole world. Um, and it's still interesting to me to this day. So I'm really glad. I. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, it, if you decided to immerse yourself in an aspect of any world that you turned out to find out that you drove in and like, ah, you know, it's too shallow, I hit my head, or it's uh, it's too murky, I can't see. But my sense of what you just said is that data in its as a realm is quite attractive. It's deep enough that you can dive deep and clear as far as, and maybe clarity, <laughs> given all of the ambiguities of the role you've been playing, clarity may be the thing that you're looking for right now. <laughs> maybe, and I think, um... Uh, just in terms of the work too, I mean, that the analytics space is so vast, there's so many different things we can do in it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I guess I just, I would like more collaboration. And, and I think that's key for me. And, and it definitely provides that because in my role, um, it's not always that way, you know, we get on calls um, with, with matrix partners and whatnot, um, but true collaboration on a daily basis and creating something, um, I think is also exciting to me. Um, and it's just a complete 180 from what I'm doing now. Um, but, but I like both, you know, they're both different. Um, but um, there's just so much to know about the, the analytics space that I kind of feel like it's endless and, yeah. Um, How does it feel to be in a theoretical place at, at night when you're going to school and then in a very pragmatic and very almost too real world during day, the theoretical and the day, are you able to make some connections? Definitely. So for example, which is actually interesting to me too, um, like in my daily role, I, I, uh, I always kind of feel like with analytics, everything always connects back to our clients and customers um, and brokers anyway. Um, so it's really neat that I've been able to be in a client facing role and understand that aspect. And then I could always 
bring, bring that and move that into any analytics-based role. Um, because, I mean, we work with their reporting on a daily basis. We understand what the data actually means and how it's actually used. Um, and I think that's pretty valuable rather than someone just moving into business analyst role or whatever it may be um, and not making being able to make that connection as easily. And then at the same time, I've also been able to, again, be a connector, which I found really interesting one time. Um, we needed to automate a report for one of our clients. And I understood the database aspect of what needed to be done to get that report automated, while my client manager that I was working with was struggling to understand why it was taking so long and why we couldn't get it done. Um, so I had to connect um, our team, our sales team with the production team for reporting um, to help us get this report automated. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. we were able to save the renewal because of that. So I think that was exciting. And one way that I was actually able to use it in my current role without even moving out. Yeah. So you, um, what's your favorite course so far? I'm taking machine learning right now. I think that's really interesting. Machine learning? Yeah. It's oh, yeah. That's another frontier right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, machines that learn, essentially. Yeah. I mean, who knows if I'll ever delve into that, but, but um, it's still really interesting and there's so much involved. <laughs> mm -hmm. Interesting. You know, you, you just get, you have, you are fearless in this, in a wonderful way. I, I mean, I know a lot of people who would look at even taking a course in machine learning and go, oh, it's too much. It's, it's too much to read, too much to think about, too much. Uh, you know, can you just give me the cliff notes <laughs> on machine learning? But because you have, I think, very fearlessly worked out these roles where you are people it's voluntarily mainly for them to even give you time within the company. So you've had to figure out how to charm them and bring them to a point where they say, all right, let's look at what you've got. And that takes guts. It really does, uh, Natalia. It's, uh, it's, good. it's a good quality <laughs> that I see here. You're teaching me a lot about how one can make it in that world. Now, once you finish the master's degree, what's your plan? Or even as you're plan finishing, what's your plan so far for how you're going to continue to grow? Yeah, I think that's what, what I'm trying to figure out right now, my next step, because you know that your next step um, determines the next step you'll take after that. So I just want to mm -hmm. make sure that I'm taking the right steps. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested in data governance. I've definitely been interested in that for a while. Um, but who knows, you know, it just depends on the opportunity. I mean, if you look at, at some of our postings, you're like, wow, I've never even heard of this department before. This, oh, this is very niche. I wouldn't have uh, even thought this would exist. So it's really hard for me to say without, you know, doing more. <laughs> um, oh, but you're right on because Peter Vale, in a number of ways in the podcast and even in the book that I'm, uh, I'm working on now of his, of his writings said that um, and we have a, a conjecture called the digitization of practice. Mm -hmm. And what he said, in his, he was into his 80s when he wrote this piece. So, but in his mind, the new breaking field uh, for uh, new practice would be website des design. Because in that time, websites went from, you probably remember it was our time when we were students, it was sort of two by fours, you know, just very simple, no, not many bells and whistles. 
And now a website is, you know, second personality for a company or, or for a person. But but what he was saying is, is what you just said, which is to advance yourself, grab the handles that I talked about a little bit before we started recording and be able to steer yourself through all of this uh, morass, really, of, of opportunity sometimes. Then uh, you've got to find that niche and be one of the first, uh, among the first, who's picking up on that and then being a, a, an avaricious and constant learner, which I'm realizing I remember you for now, uh, you you could uh, do very well. Yeah, thank you. I, I definitely want, want to make sure I'm well-rounded in my experience too. I just don't want to be seen as one thing because you can be many things. Um, mm -hmm. And it's ultimately up to me what I choose to do and how I drive my career and the decisions I make for my career. How did you come to that conclusion? Because so many people let other people kind of tell them what they're good at and, you know, give them, you know, you sound like you've really thought it through and that you're very confident in yourself, knowing that you can figure this out for yourself with others, but for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm someone who likes to know the ins and outs of everything. Um, so, I mean, the organization is so large. If I could, I would love to know bits and pieces of every uh, department, including finance, including accounting. I'd love to know more about everything, but it's impossible, right? So um, I might as well focus on learning things that I want to know within it. Mm -hmm. And data is your, uh, data is like a little footprints all over this, this vast company, or would be for any company nowadays that you always have a play, a reason to be in another sector of that company and because you can follow the data path <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know that the data that they're using for decision-making is never good enough. So there's always a demand for someone who can be analytical and provide additional beyond analysis, comprehension and uh, recommendations which is a, really a, a lot of cuts above just saying, okay, here's the, here's the table. Because they, and even though you may not be an actuary, what they want to know is, well, what does it mean? Uh, give it to us in our language, you know, so you've had, you make the translation. That sounds like pretty interesting work. Yeah, definitely. And we actually do talk about that in our courses um, because I think a lot of the time uh, analysts can be super technical and they forget who their audience is. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they start getting into all the numbers. So, and, it, and it's funny too, when I'm um, working with our teams, there are times where I've been on teams where in, in, in our class, um, where they're just super focused on the numbers. And I'm like, okay, well, well, what about this? What does this mean, you know, externally? What does this mean to the business? Um, so yeah, that a translator, exactly. That's the perfect way to put it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's it. I remember again with my stream of guests that I would have from all over the place in, in business. Um, some of them were uh, in uh, the, the interpreter for um, their business and from a business to business standpoint. And uh, I used to say, listen, I used to think I called you guys kids back then. Listen, kids, listen to what she's saying. Uh, one was, um, I just talked to her last week, Christina Negron Medicina. She would be coming to my classes when you were there. 
and she worked for Aetna. And she started out at Aetna at 18 as a receptionist, and she was there for 24 years. And then Aetna was bought by CVS, and she had to find another place to go. And she's very happily working in, in uh, employee experience at uh, another company, Fairchild. So my point about her is that she never took a line role. By design, she said, I will not take a line role. I've been offered it many times. I want to work in the in the betweens. You know, I want to, I love being in the betweens, either it's for HR or whatever the na nature of it is. I want to be hearing what's going on, particularly out there. And I want to know a lot of things about in here. And then I want to be able to put together the message. And I think one of the key points she made she said, you know, I, when we moved here from Puerto Rico, uh, English wasn't my first language. So I had, I learned very quickly how to learn English. I learned how to learn English, not just learn English. And she said, I love fe the feeling of being able to suddenly be able to understand what otherwise sounded like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, and it started to be language to me that she said, I've been doing that ever since. And, and guess what she's doing now for this uh, huge, uh, uh, technology company, very different than the one she worked at. She's learning their language and she gets all excited because she picks up a new stream of thought. So you and she, how come? are you the same person? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently we have the same. <laughs> well, that's what I, many reasons I love my years at Central, all 30 of them. But the main one is I'm looking at right now is, is to know that my job was to work real hard with you on your future. <laughs> and in the material that I would share, in our case, organization uh, and aspects of organization and management and leadership is going to be necessary for you wherever you go, because you're always going to be one way or another working in an organization. And there's more fun in leading than simply being led. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. got a couple more minutes. So what do you want to ask me or say about Natalia or, or Doc? <laughs> well, uh, just to, um, I guess, echo what you said, I think um, all of your students valued how you made your classes as real world as possible. Um, I think <laughs> they learned more in those courses than any others. So I think everyone, whether you know it or not, was very appreciative. And I mean, they were an experience. We were all looking forward to going to those classes. <laughs> So was I. <laughs> yeah, and you taught us a lot. So very happy about that. But I think the, the little bit I read to you before about learning uh, and that, that this wonderful, extraordinarily golf uh, teacher who had a 50-year reputation uh, with some of the very best golfers of his day and the, the touch that he had, uh, that sense that, you know, I know a lot about golf, but first I want to know what you need, and then we'll work it from there. And in the meantime, when I learn what you need, I'm going to learn more about you and about the life you live and the country you're living in and the world you're living in. And so that's why I did love to make the classes as real as possible, uh, because that made it more fun for me, uh, because I could learn. You remember how much you guys had to write? Mm -hmm. you know? oceans, yeah. oceans of words, all using Blackboard, a huge discussion tool. I think I'm still famous at Central for almost breaking the, the company, <laughs> the school's bank on how much 
uh, bandwidth that they would allow for the discussion tool in Blackboard. But I, I said, look, look how wonderful it is. They get to say what they think. And I ask lots of questions and you answer them. And there's about eight different levels that they're, they're answering on every week. And everyone else gets to read what they write. Do you remember that feature? Definitely. And they were always very thought-provoking questions. And they really made us think very deeply. <laughs> so. Well, I worked on the questions. But when I saw the variety of responses, um, then I was also getting a gauge down in here on who I might one day <laughs> Uh, bring into a podcast on the nature of practice, <laughs> because I would see uh, not just the quick three sentence answers to just to get the assignment done to earn the points, but I would see someone's pause like you would, I'm sure you did, and you'd think, hmm, now that's an interesting, he's asking me to make a, a connection between the reading that we just did and something I'm observing in the work world, because most of you were working your way through school. Now that's an interesting point, but here we are years later and you are taking a master's degree and you're bringing at the same time, you're doing a very complex job in a very dynamic world and company and you're making the connections. So I just was getting you ready for this call today. That's what I was doing. You were, you were setting us up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't thank you enough. It, it's been delightful. And, you know, we're connected now. So anytime you want to reach out, I write a damn good reference if you ever needed one, but I don't think you do. I think you've already made uh, it clear that you're very uh, employable and, and a lot of fun to talk with. Well, thank you. Likewise. And I'm, I'm really glad we reconnected all this time later. All right. We'll see you soon, I hope. Thank yes. you again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts, or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon.